Welcome to the Build Your Beautiful Business Podcast with your host, Julie C. Butler. If you're looking to build the business of your dreams, then this is the space you want to be in. Join Julie as she talks about ways that you can successfully scale your profitable dream business, one that will give you ultimate time freedom and the abundant lifestyle you deserve. Julie will take you by the hand, sharing with you her business savvy strategies as she chats it up with her favorite online entrepreneurs. You'll get a weekly dose of boosted confidence as you learn as they reveal their insight tips and tools that you need to start building a profitable dream business of your own, one that you'll love and that works for you on autopilot. Hello, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. I was, it seems like just yesterday that we spoke because I interviewed on your, for your podcast. Yes. No, thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm excited as well. I'm so excited. So um, Jenny, before we get going and talking about how to organically grow your business, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself for the listeners who don't know you. Yes, of course. So I'm a former inner city school district teacher. I always tell people when I speak in front of them or virtually from summits that I'm actually used to dodging chairs. So I'm happy <laughs> to take adult questions. No problems with that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, I was a te teacher that had had my first daughter in 2009 that lost myself and was told, find a hobby, do something for yourself. So I kind of jumped into blogging, started a food blog called The Malrose Family back in 2010 when dinosaurs still roamed the earth and internet was relatively new. Um, <laughs> and that food blog actually helped me be able to retire at the age of 35. It replaced my teaching salary of 75,000. And I retired. We moved down to North Carolina and I've been running my business full-time because I sold that food blog back in 2019 and then started getting asked, of course, how did you do it? How did you retire from teaching? And my other side of my business kind of developed from that jennymelrose.com, which is my coaching business where I really explain how you can use blogging to be able to expand your reach, grow an audience and continue to have clients and customers coming and buying your products and services that you offer. 
I love that. I love that. And, and like, you know, there's just, I have a special place in my heart for teachers or used to be teachers because you guys are honestly heroes. You spend the most time with our children and you, you help mold them into who they become. Right. So I love teachers. <laughs> um, that's wonderful. I'm so excited because at the end of the day, you know what, like we start our businesses or sometimes we're like, you know, our children, either our children are little, we don't want to go back to work or, um, you know, the children we're staying at home moms and then the children start you know being independent they don't need us anymore and we want to continue living our life by design right like not yes. go to a job and so i think that it's cool that you know we can help women out there um you know build start build and grow a business so that they can also you know and also also you know we all have a, a purpose to fulfill right and so whatever that looks like for each and every listener i think it's so cool that we can help them do that and and yes. make money right Absolutely. I mean, what's the point in doing all the things, even if we love it, if we're not making money? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's get dive. Let's dive into it. Um, so how can we grow our audience with our ideal clients? Because at the end of the day, you know, what is it growing your audience if it's not the right people for you? So yeah, I think the first part of any time you're looking to start a business or even just continuing to grow the business that you have mm -hmm. is that you need to understand your positioning. You need to understand how you are unique in the marketplace and how you are going to be able to solve a problem for the audience that you are targeting. I think a lot out of women, especially have the tendency to say, well, I'm not unique. I'm just like everyone else. They don't see themselves as being the expert in the room. When we need to realize is that in order to be an expert, you need to be three steps ahead of the person behind you. That's it. And be able to help them figure out how you got to that point or how you're going to continue to move them along and be able to help them solve that problem. So your positioning is absolutely the first place that you have to start mm -hmm. so that you can then create content that solves the problem that your people are looking for you to solve for them. Mm -hmm. And this is such an important part of, of, you know, either starting our business in the middle of our business as our business grows is something that we have to evaluate each and every step of the way, because it is what's going to make or break our business, right? Like yes. knowing what our people want, knowing how we can fix our problem and then diving into that. And I think that a lot of us, sometimes we kind of like, um, we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I can never find this word. We, uh, we don't want to do this step, mm -hmm. right? We resist, we resist. I mean, for some reason I can never remember resist anyways, but sometimes what we resist the most is what we need the most, right? Like, so, so I think it's so important because, um, you know, it's the first step and it might change along the way as well. Right, Jenny? Yes, you can absolutely pivot and find a spot that maybe your ideals of what you were trying to do have changed. Mm -hmm. I've had many that started off as a blogger that maybe talked to children that had toddlers. While their toddlers grew into teenagers, they really couldn't still speak to the toddler age. So it kind of developed and map morphed into what it is that they want to talk about now and what they're going through. Um, but again, thinking about those people that are ideally the problem that you're going to be able to solve for them and then create that content that is going to organically pull them to your site. Because not only are you trying to position yourself for your audience, you're 
needing to position yourself with Google. Google needs to know what you're an expert in. So if you start talking about fashion and then food, and then start talking about what to grow in your garden, Google doesn't understand and neither do your people because mm-hmm. you're talking about too many topics. And I think that that was a problem probably in 2012, 11, when blogging was really getting started. We used to talk about what we did that day. That was what you thought of as a blogger. Um, and then we really started to realize, no, 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 no. Our people don't understand what they're going to get from us. If we're randomly just putting up content, that is what we're thinking is going to be effective, or we're looking to see what is trending. And we think, Oh, wait, that's shiny. Let's jump onto that. I think it's really important that you have to stay in your lane, figure out what you're going to be an expert in and speak to that. I love it. I love it. And I think too, it's important to, it's important to remember to not overthink this step either, right? Because know that you're going to learn more from them and you're going to be able to tweak your messaging along the way. And that's totally okay. I know that because like we right out of running out of the gate, we don't always know every single thing about our people and knowing that, you know what, it's okay. Like we're going to learn from them and we're going to be able to evaluate and re like change, tweak, finesse our messaging, and then just grow with them. And because we're going to grow as well. So we're going to change. And then, so that's, that's, that's wonderful. I think it's such an important part of our business. Um, Okay. So next question I have for you is what is necessary to organically market our content and products or services? Yes. So I think you said it in the beginning, one of the most important things is that if you're going to run a business, you have to actually make money. That is a Mm -hmm. part of this. Yeah. Um, So in order to do that, not only do you have to really understand your positioning, but then you need to be able to, like I said about Google, you have to be able to set yourself up as far as letting it know, Google know what you want to be known for so that they can organically find you. And one of the best ways to do this is to start to get an understanding standing of keyword research. What are people searching for when they go looking for your content? If you're a marriage counselor, if you have a shop that sells a cleaning kit, what are they going to be searching for that you could write about or create a podcast or YouTube video about that is going to pull them in to then be able to offer up their services and products. Once that gets to that point where they're organically finding you because you're creating content based on those questions, then growing an email list is so important. Mm -hmm. We have this tendency to think that, oh, social media is out there. It's free. I'm going to grow my platform on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it might be. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make because you are growing your business on rented property when you do that. They can change the algorithms. You don't pay for it. It is their platform. So understanding that they can change the algorithms, they can shut it down if they decide to. So being able to grow that email list where you give your people something in exchange for their email, whether it is a guide, a video, something that is going to be of value that is going to help them solve their problem that will then be connected to the product or service that you offer that will continue to fully answer the question that they have with that product or service. I love it. I love it. And so that's, that's awesome. And, but also the thing is, is too, is that, um, we're also, it's, it's very important also for people to 
know what it is that we do, right? Like, and so if we're, like you said in the beginning, if we're telling Google, like, uh, like we're, we're sending mixed messages, Guess what? We're sending also mixed messages to our ideal clients, and that's going to result in they don't really know what we do. So right. it's very important to be clear about those things, and also like growing our email list and and having that that freebie or that lead magnet or in, in exchange for that email address is very important. That it's related to you know, what it is that you do so that they start understanding and, and understanding what you do and, and wanting to, you know, know more, want more, et cetera, et cetera, as they get to know you, trust you, and, you know, then eventually buy from you. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So after that, what's the biggest mistake that you see when trying to grow a business online? Well, I think we've kind of touched on one. I definitely see the mistake of trying to grow on social media and thinking that that's the perfect spot to be able to grow. Um, when in reality, like I've said, I personally saw this happen where I was on Google plus, which years ago was the platform that they had talked about. It's by Google. They're going to have it. It's going to be around. It's going to be effective. Um, 660,000 followers. And I didn't grow my list with any of them and it got shut down and it all went away. So understanding that again, social media is not the end of the game. You have to have either a blog, a podcast, something that is yours that you can then grow your email list with. And then I would say another mistake that I continue to see is that people will have their product and not show that customer journey that it, by continuing to engage their people, we think that if we talk about it once, that's good enough. And if we then no one buys from us talking about it once, it's not a good enough product. And that's not the case. People are bombarded with information. They are always on social media. So you have to understand that in order for someone to actually take any sort of action, just to even go to a sales page, not even to take the action of buying, but to go to a sales page, you need to get in in front of them two to eight times before they're going to take any sort of action. So with that in mind, continuing to talk about it, have it in your emails, have it within your content where you talk about it, whether that is on social or whether that is in the blog, a podcast, however you are consistently putting out content, it needs to be talked about and reminded to your audience, not as a used car salesman, but just as students from this program have found da -da 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 -da, mm -hmm. and talking about it in an authentic manner. Yes, I agree. I agree a hundred percent with you. And um, also, um, the, the the social media thing I think is is one of those places where we can hang out and show our personalities, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, and maybe it's the same with you, Jenny, like, wouldn't you agree that I know for myself, probably 95% or if not more of the sales in my business come from my email? Yes. And which organically has started from a, for me, podcast and then the blog, because again, yes. Google has decided what I'm going to be known for. And they continue to have that when someone asks a question about my content of topics, it'll come up and they'll get the answers that they're looking mm -hmm. for and then get on my list from there. Yeah. And then also like, 
when we're showing up on social media, showing our personality, having fun, playing and serving, right? So it's important to kind of do a mixture of all of that. Then there's, and you know, you said earlier that it takes two to eight times before they, you know, want to come jump into our world. It's probably closer to eight, right? Then two, I think like mm-hmm. nowadays, especially nowadays with like like we're bombarded, like you said, right? And so, and also who was it? I was talking to the other day and they said that Instagram is kind of like that place you go to forget about everything. It's kind of like that chill place. And so your mindset is not so business. And so sometimes we may not see the things that we want to see. So I think it's important to remember that, you know, like for myself, and I don't know how you do it, Jenny, but I go to Instagram and Facebook to hang out, play. Of course, I share, you know, I, I share my offers and I share my podcast and I share like those, those types of things. But at the end of the day, I'm nurturing my email community as well, right? Yes. And you're also, of course, nurturing on social when you do post content, but I think it's important understand is your audience there and are they consuming content there the way that you are so that you're actually going to show up. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I'm not going on to Instagram or even more TikTok for content <laughs> that is going to educate me and give me professional development. That's just not how I'm using it. So if your audience is 40 and above, I don't know that it's necessarily necessary to be on TikTok. They're not going to go there for that type of content. And if they are, it's going to be few and far between. So really understanding like how did, where is your audience hanging out and where are they consuming your topics of content? Sure. Maybe they're going to TikTok and Instagram and they're watching, but are they interacting with your content? When Mm -hmm. I go to Instagram, I'm watching things about people getting scared because I find it funny. I'm not going to Instagram to continue to figure out about email marketing or blogging or whatever else it might be. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the behind the scenes of like the people I follow too, right? Like, I love like seeing like, you know, what are they doing or, or the, you know, stuff about their dogs or cats or like, you know, them sitting by the pool reading a book. Like that's the stuff that I love going to like the stories on Instagram and Facebook and, and getting to know my people. Like that's kind of where I, what I use it from. I guess once in a while I'll see an ad and a sponsored post and I'm like, Ooh, I need that. That does happen for me and it can happen. However, I've probably seen it a bunch of times before it, it clicks. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so tell me, Jenny, okay, so now that we, we've organically grown the email list, we have them in our world now, what are your tips in order for us not to lose them right away? Because <laughs> yes. I mean, I think that's important too, right? Like we don't want to, you know, scare them off and then they automatically unsubscribe. We want to try to keep them. Right. I think it's important that you nurture them. And when you're nurturing them, it's the content that you're consistently creating is what is going to nurture them. And again, if you've done your positioning correctly and you're staying in your lane, the content you have given them in order to subscribe to your email should be in line with the content that you're continuing to create. And that's how you're nurturing. A lot of people will think, oh, I need to create this big, long newsletter and I need to email my people um, once a month, just everything that's going on. When in reality, that's going to overwhelm them. It should simply, an email can be as simple as writing an email you would write 
to a friend. When I write an email to my list, I'm emailing them three times a week and it's mm-hmm. maybe four or five sentences. And I'm letting them know about the latest podcast episode. They can go get information about asking a question. Are you struggling with this? Here's the answer for it. Go find out. And it's that simple and straightforward, but I'm in their inbox. And the funny part about it is I say three times a week and many people are probably like, holy crap, that sounds like a lot of times to be emailing your list. My people didn't even realize they were getting emails three times a week. Inside my membership site, I stated this on a live call with all of them and multiple, probably eight of them out of 15 that were on the call said, you email three times a week? I'm like, yeah. They had no idea because it's just, they're going through and they're just answering and looking at emails that the content is valuable to them. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you are consistent with it, what they can depend upon and creating content that is going to draw them in without overwhelming them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be as simple as just a tip, right? Or, or like if you share something good on Instagram, you know, you can link to that post or like you said, sharing your podcast or sharing your blog post or, you know, but I think that we, I know I did it. I'm guilty of it. Like at the beginning, you overthink things. You don't know like what to post or what to email and you have FOMO and all that stuff. I think that, you know, like you said, just as if you're writing to your best friend and, you know, and, and you said it, the words to me too, like at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, like I could barely email once a month, but now I'm like, it's so easy to email twice a week because we have stuff to say. We have, you know, tips to give. We have, um, you know, podcast episode to share or blog post or whatever. Like it, it becomes easy, but I think we grow into that place of like, for, for those listening that are like overwhelmed at the thought of just even emailing once a week or even twice a month, I think that, you know, it just organically, it manifests into you having more to say and more to share and more on purpose and on point and all the things too. And also we have to sell, right? Yes. No, absolutely. And I think it becomes easier to sell when you are just in your email consistently providing the content that you're already creating. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will think, oh, my people have been with me since the very beginning. I've been podcasting for six years. There's over 300 episodes, 350 episodes at this point. People who <laughs> well done. <laughs> have come to me have not heard episode 200 probably. So old content is still valuable content as long as it's relevant. There's mm-hmm. no reason that you can't send them to something that's a bit older. It's still going to be valuable for them. So I think we think when we are thinking about email, I have a lot of clients that will say, well, I'm only publishing one blog post a week. That's only gives me one post. Well, what about everything else you already did? They probably haven't seen that. So put that to them. And I think too, I see the other mistake of, I'll see someone write an entire more or less blog post in an email. That's not necessary. Write it on your blog, put it on your blog so that it can continue to get eyes and be seen by Google and continue to grow organically and just send an email that sends them to that blog post. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do a full post that it gives them every, all the information about a specific topic, just an email, put it on your site so that others can see it as well. That's such a good tip. And you're so right. And the thing is, is too, is that repurposing content there's so many ways to do that, that 
people don't remember what we said yesterday, right? right? And so we, we can repurpose content, like, you know, especially if we've been doing this for a little bit, like even if you're new, maybe at the beginning, we do create more content than a more seasoned, you know, entrepreneur, like someone who's been at this for a while, like who's ha- who has like 300 podcast episodes, or it could be blog posts. Some people love blogging. And um, you know what, like you can pull from that stuff, even like, social media content, right? You can go back six months ago and start reposting the same stuff because people will not remember. And also the algorithm, right? Like yes. half the people more no, don't than even half. See it. Exactly. Yeah. Don't even see it. So it's okay to reshare. It's okay to repurpose. It's okay to like, and I agree with you, like just put like a really juicy, you know, tag, something to draw them into that blog post. And then you can put read more because at the end of the day, we want to send them back to our website, right? Yes, absolutely. Because that's where that spider web should be, where it's going to catch them and have them linking between all throughout your content so they can continue to find all of the information they need to solve their problem and then find your product or service that you offer Mm -hmm. that is fully going to have the full information on how to complete that problem. I'm definitely a huge piece to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think also, um, you know, when we do have a blog post, we can, we can, and I think you mentioned it, um, we can, send people off to our lead magnet. Maybe you have more than one, or maybe in that blog post, you're talking about a product or a service that you offer. You can link that in the blog post and then you can share that. And blog posts, I mean, they live on forever on Pinterest, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that that's a big piece that I see that when people figure out the productivity side of it is to think about your content in ways that you can utilize it more than one. So a perfect example is to start with one piece of content that you're going to solidly post, whether that is going to be blog, a podcast, a YouTube video. Um, For me, it is my podcast. We publish two, an episode each week. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, the podcast gets turned into a keyword research blog post, which then gets turned into an email. It gets turned into all the social media posts that are still trying to send them back to the blog. Within the blog, we always have an opt-in that is, or lead magnet that is connected to that episode so that we can continue to grow the list. Just starting with that one piece of content and then thinking about how you can offshoot it everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, you end up being able to fill it up on all the platforms and continue to pull people to you. Mm -hmm. And those blog posts, I know for me, when I started my podcast, I'm like, Ooh, this is good. And I turned it into a podcast episode, one of my blog posts, a handful of them. And it's one of my most popular episodes to date, right? Mm -hmm. And not only did I like I converted it, I turned it into a podcast episode, but then also a YouTube video. And so you know, like you can also take your blog posts, And then you can turn them into YouTube videos or vice versa if you prefer talking, right? Like record yourself talking, training, doing, talking about the thing that it is that you want to talk about, throw it on YouTube, but then transcribe it. And then it becomes a blog post. And then like all the things you said. Yeah. It's just finding that one piece of content that you're going to start with that you are most comfortable with, whether Mm -hmm. it is talking, whether it's video, whether it is writing, there's 
There's nothing wrong with the blog piece being the first part to start from. Um, the only thing I would say is I wouldn't recommend that you necessarily start with the social media side first. I would start with something that you're going to be able to pull and then have as your own and mm-hmm. not get we lost need, to mix yeah. everything. We need the content. Jenny, I started with the social media. That doesn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can vouch to it. Yeah, we need the content. And I'm, you know, but I mean, trust the process, enjoy the journey, right? So here I am, I have now my long form content on the podcast, and I love it. And so this, I found my thing. And so now I'm going to run with it. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So you have an amazing freebie for us. It's called the Influencer Entrepreneur Workbook. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So the workbook walks you through my pack framework, which is from my book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, which is the four-step framework for building your audience, growing your your business and making money online. Um, the book is on Amazon and all the places, but the workbook actually walks you through that framework because I am that continual teacher. I have to have exercises that are going to take what you have learned and be able to apply it. So it walks you through your positioning, your authenticity, the confidence and kindness that you need to be able to run a business. Um, and that workbook is like a 20 page workbook that just kind of asks you some of the pinpointing questions. So you can figure out how you can apply that to your business. Um, some of it, the, the positioning side is more kind of working through your mission, your goals, where you're trying to go. And then it kind of goes into mindset because I think a lot of women in particular need mindset work. We doubt ourselves. We have been told, you know, a lot of us didn't necessarily grow up seeing entrepreneurs that were female or knowing that it was something that they could do. And that is my mission. That is my goal for the reason I run my business is so that as many young girls out there can see strong women running businesses of their own. Cause I think when they see that, they know that they have the possibility of being able to do that and can start at such a younger age mm-hmm. than we, many of us did. So I know like the mindset piece, you know, there's a reason why every single coach and trainer and educator, like course creators, they, everybody includes it because it's important, right? But that sounds like an amazing workbook. And I love an actionable workbook. Like there's nothing like downloading a resource that is going to tell you what, but also give you homework, right? And that's wonderful because this, it, it encompasses everything we talked about. And that piece that we sometimes resist that we need at the very beginning of our businesses. So that's awesome. I'm going to include that link in the show notes for everybody to download Jenny's workbook. Um, so Jenny, if every if every, anybody listening wants loves your vibe and wants to know more about you, where can they find you and how can we work with you? Yes. Go, just go to jennymelrose.com. If you have any questions, you can always send me a DM on Instagram. It is me in the DMs. I do answer all my questions. Um, (laughs) my Instagram is at Jenny underscore Melrose. Um, but my website has everything that you could possibly need to be able to take you on the path of where you are in your business, whether you're just getting started trying to figure out the blogging side of things, or if you're to the point where you're really trying to expand your reach with your products and services that you offer by growing an email list that is strong and engaging. Amazing. I love it. I love it. So I encourage everybody to go find you on social because I think you're a cool chick. And I'm also going to put your book in the show notes because I think that You know, I love entrepreneurs that have books because I think that, you know, 
I, I just, I don't know. I just, I love soaking in the, the information because usually they're like a few steps, uh, like a few steps ahead of us. And if we can learn, you know, you've kind of paved the way for us. And so I think it's so awesome that you have a book that we can have access to. And for like, you know, on Amazon, usually 20 bucks or so. Um, yeah. So I think that it's amazing. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was such a good conversation. And I love it because you know what? you know, at the end of the day, we want to grow our audience as much as possible organically because, hey, it's free, yeah. <laughs> right? But also, not only do we want to grow our audience and our business, but we want to turn that into income as well. So thanks so much for being and, uh, and talking on this subject. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Build Your Beautiful Business podcast. If you did, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Julie's included a link in the shows to make it nice and easy for you. And if you want to create a beautiful, profitable business of your own, make sure to go unlock your access to Julie's six must-have resources for female entrepreneurs. These resources will help you build and grow your business with simplicity and ease. You can find them at juliecbutler.com forward slash freebie vault. We'll see you in the next episode.